Hello, and welcome to this edition of People in Transition. I'm your host, Bob Gerst. I've been hiring and mentoring executives, frontline employees, and job seekers for nearly 40 years through a host of transitions, some difficult, but most very good. This experience has given me a bird's eye view on a variety of trends, economies, industry disruptors, and transitions, big and small. It also brought me into contact with the thought leaders and decision makers you need to meet. Imagine knowing exactly what to do next and how to know it's time to make your big job change. We all know transitions can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. And it's even fun when you have actionable strategies and proven tactics to achieve the future you want. We'll share with you the tools and skills that can take your dreams to your next great job. So if change is on your horizon, you won't want to miss this discussion. Also, please subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. Ann Donovan, thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of People in Transition. I was really looking forward to our discussion. Bob, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here, and I'm looking forward to our discussion as well. And if we could go back and you as a child, what was it that you thought you were going to be when you grew up? Bob, my dream job was to be an orange juice lady, and I would have a cart walking up and down the beach, selling orange juice to people. And what were the transition moments that you went through from that moment that you thought you were going to be an orange juice lady to where you're at today? I really like this question because my path has been my own, but it's been very similar to others in that I thought I was going to be an orange juice lady and I wound up starting my own human resources consulting firm with Donovan HR Solutions. The path that I've taken here is I studied psychology and Spanish in college, thinking I was going to become a therapist. Well, I took a course, what can you do with a psychology degree? And I learned about industrial organizational psychology. And that course had to have been one of my favorites in college because it taught me about working with people so that they're more satisfied in their job and still have a great impact on the business. And from there, I thought that I was going to go on to get my master's in industrial organizational psych. And I didn't because as soon as I graduated college, I was a housekeeping supervisor. I was a front office manager in a hotel. And then I moved into human resources, which was my end goal. And so 20 years after sitting behind the desk, in human resources in corporate. I dug deep into my entrepreneurial spirit from my orange juice lady dreams and started my own business. And that's where I am today. Maybe you can tell us, Anne, what is your business today? I started Donovan HR Solutions and my mission in life is to make the workplace better for everybody. So hearkening to the industrial psych class, I want to work with employers on building a great employee experience, which strengthens employee retention and ultimately has a better impact on the bottom line. Employee retention can build loyal employees, 
which builds loyal customers. And you hold on to that organizational knowledge that employees at Stay have. And as an HR practitioner, over the years, you've interviewed a huge number of people. When you were interviewing someone, what were you looking for in that candidate? Bob, I am a firm believer that we can train people on jobs, but we cannot train them on attitude or mindset. And when I was interviewing candidates, I was looking for those candidates that were resilient, that met challenges, that owned up to their mistakes and learned from them, that had a great positive attitude and really wanted to work for the company, for the customers. But I could train somebody how to do their job, but I can't train those soft skills. So I was looking for people that could meet those challenges. And how did you evaluate that attitude and mindset? Was there certain questions you used? What gave you insight in terms of that in each of the candidates? I used to use behavioral interviewing, tell me about a time when, and I would ask about those challenges. I would ask about mistakes that people have made and how they responded to them. And when candidates responded, oh, I haven't made a mistake, I would push deeper because we've all made mistakes. And the successful candidate will be upfront and tell me the truth. Not going to hurt my feelings. I'm really looking for those people that are okay with admitting challenges and mistakes and how they learn from them. And do you think that all organizations are looking for that same kind of individual? In recent years, I've noticed that that trend is happening, that organizations are looking for people that can handle challenges, that can own up to their mistakes, and are resilient. I'm an HR nerd, and I love reading. And so seeing that some organizations are dropping the degree requirement from a lot of their positions. They're recognizing that candidates bring a lot of skill to the table and are loosening those rigid requirements that they're looking for. And any tips, suggestions that you might have that a candidate could use to help put themselves at ease for the interview that they would have with you or with some hiring manager? Wow, I really like that question, Bob. Preparation is the name of the game. I believe that when a candidate is more prepared, they've studied the organization, they have role-played a potential interview and have researched potential questions, maybe have gotten a friend to help them with those questions, that the more a candidate prepares, the more it'll help put them at ease. And let's face it, interviews are not the most natural conversations. People do have this fear of interviews because of the nature of interviews. You're putting your career and your life out there for scrutiny, just hoping that the hiring manager will pick up some piece of nugget that you'll fit into the organization. And I firmly believe that the more a candidate prepares and prepares and prepares for an interview, the better off they'll be. You kind of touched on this just a bit ago. How would you coach someone to answer these standard interview questions? The first one is the opening question, tell me about yourself. And then sometime during almost every interviews, the recruiter is going to say, tell me about some of your weaknesses. How would you suggest that they answer those two? Bob, I'm the worst at answering telling me about yourself. I just rattle off my resume 
And I implore everybody out there listening, please don't just rattle off your resume. Hiring managers are looking for humans. So impart yourself into the interview. And with tell me about yourself, you already know your career, you know your history, but in your preparation, you know what the organization is looking for. And so you can tailor your response to that. So when they say, tell me about yourself, tell a little bit about your resume, but more about, you know what their pain points are and you know how you're gonna help them. And then the other questions, I'm a fan of honesty. And when somebody says, tell me about your weaknesses, we all have weaknesses and just be honest, but don't go too in depth and don't list too many. The weaknesses I always mention is I'm a perfectionist. People really aren't perfectionists, but again, in your preparation for the interview, you know what the organization is looking for. So be upfront. I am strong in human resources and retaining people, but I'm not so great in the admin of human resources. I can do it, but it's really not my strong suit. So know yourself in and out so that you can answer that question diplomatically and don't go too in depth or go on and on and on about your weaknesses. And any suggestions in terms of how a candidate should be better aware of themselves so that they can answer a question like that? How does one get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. So here is where you do know your resume inside and out, and not just the resume that you submitted, but your experiences. How have you had a great impact on the organization in which you're working? Where have you had successes so that you can speak to those more and really tell yourself? I'm seeing more and more people not just making career transitions into a new company, but many of them are pivoting completely to new industries, new roles, and some of them are even going into business for themselves. How did you decide to go into business for yourself was the right choice given all those options? I thought long and hard about it. It did not come easy. I talked it over with my husband. I just knew I was at the point in my career that I wanted to get the word out to more people rather than just the organization in which I work. Since my mission is to make the workplace better for everybody, and I have a focus on the employee experience and employee retention, I had already had that impact on the organization in which I was working. And I just wanted to take that mission out to more people because the world of work is great, but I really think that it can be better and it can be better for the employees. And that's my mission. And that's how I decided to go out on my own. And it was not easy. I was absolutely terrified. But then a few things happened to get the ball rolling and get it in motion quicker. And the ball just didn't stop from there. So once I was on that path, I was going. Do you think that taking that path is wrong for some people? I really can't speak for others. You have to do what's right for you. And a lot of people jump in and realize it's not the right path, and then they jump right out, which is great. So I really can't give advice on the right or wrong path. But the more that I know somebody and I learn from them, then I can help guide them and give advice. But the great thing about work is that we do jump in and out, that we can start our own business. And if it doesn't go the way that we wanted, we can get back into the corporate world or we can go into a completely new industry, or we can 
just go get a job at the local gardening store until we figure it all out. Because I guarantee you, Bob, nobody has this all figured out. We're all on the wild ride together. Someone once used the line to me that looking for a job, you have to be comfortable with rejection. Did you face any rejection throughout your career and, and your job transitions? And kind of a follow-up question to that is, yeah, how did you handle that rejection? Oh, my goodness. How much time do we have? Yes. Have faced rejection. It's not easy. And each rejection is different, so it doesn't get any easier. But I once wrote curriculum for a college course, and nobody showed up or signed up for the class. So that hurt, but I learned lessons in marketing from that. I interviewed for my dream job, or I thought it was my dream job. Turned out it was not my dream job because they didn't want me. I actually write a rejection resume, and some people think may think that that's bizarre, but it helps me to look back to see all the rejection I've gotten and see where I am now and how I've pulled myself up by the bootstraps, face the rejection to make myself and my work better. And so when I am rejected, whether it's job opportunities that I thought I was meant for, whether it's trying to land a new client and it doesn't work out, that course curriculum that I wrote and all of that, I try to face the rejection head on. Some I may wallow in for a day, sit on the couch, eat my bonbons, but have to forge ahead and realize that those rejections can only help me, help me learn what did I do wrong? What could I have done better? And then using those lessons to be better and do better the next time. But we've all faced rejection and we can all pick ourselves up from it, learn from it, and let's move on to the next great thing. Tell me, what does a rejection resume look like? Oh, it looks like just like a work resume. What did I apply for? Why was I rejected? Did I get any feedback and dates, companies, just so that I, I can look back at it? Not to have a pity party, but it helps me to see how far I've come. That's one and for my toolbox. Thank you so much for, uh, for that. And if you look at, you know, the job searches that you've gone through in, in the past or that you've heard people uh, go through, what are some of the biggest challenges in that search? What are the things that might trip either yourself up or you've seen it trip other people up? Early on in my career, Bob, I knew it all and that tripped me up. I didn't prepare as much as I should have. I thought I knew the company left and right. I thought that I I could just walk blindly into the interview and nail it. And I couldn't. And some I did, and I got those jobs. But that was eating a lot of humble pie and realizing I don't know it all. I haven't seen it all. And I really do need to prepare. I need to study the company. If I look at these as some of my dream jobs, then I need to give the organizations, I need to give the interviewers, I need to give everything regarding that job the due respect. And I didn't. And that's what I've learned. Respect. I learned humility. And I really learned to prepare, prepare, prepare. You've talked about research of the company, of individuals, where do you do that? How, how do I even start to do research about those items? Google is everybody's best friend. I start Googling the company and I go into LinkedIn. Most companies have a LinkedIn page and you can find individuals 
within that organization on LinkedIn as well. Don't stalk them as much, but just reach out to them with a polite message to see if they're willing to have an informational call with you to give you more insight. Keep in mind, everybody is incredibly busy and has a thousand million things on their plate. So write out a succinct, respectful message. And most people will be surprised at the responses that they get. For me, sending those messages, I was fearful of that rejection in the beginning. If you're writing those succinct, respectful messages, just hit send, proofread it, hit send, and be surprised at the response that you get. Yeah, someone once told me that to try to be perfect in your job search is going to slow you down. What is your thoughts about that? Oh, that was a very wise person. Nobody's perfect, going to make mistakes. I used to send out what I thought were form cover letters and I sent out 10 cover letters and they were all to about the one company. So proofreading is key, but nobody is perfect. And if you try to be perfect in your job search, you're going to spend a lot of time without any results. So hit send. And then after that, the tips are going to fall where they're going to fall. You talked about using LinkedIn to do research on companies, on people. And I always hear that hiring managers use LinkedIn to look at backgrounds of candidates. What's your experience with hiring managers and LinkedIn? LinkedIn is the professional social media site. And I know quite a few hiring managers that do look at LinkedIn. And since it's touted as a professional site, then people are going to look. So my recommendation to everybody on LinkedIn is to make sure that your profile is up to date and professional. If you talk about personal stuff on LinkedIn, just understand that hiring managers may see it. Now they can't use it to discriminate against anybody, but LinkedIn is out there and hiring managers do use it. So make sure it's ultra professional. And is LinkedIn just a repeat of your resume or do you put different information in the resume than you do LinkedIn? How do they play together? LinkedIn gives you a little bit more room to add information. My recommendation is to keep your resume and your LinkedIn profile the same. And with LinkedIn, then you can add more information. You can post about what's near and dear to your heart professionally. And it gives just a little bit more insight into you as a professional. And we talked about maybe some of the things that you weren't as pleased with as you were going through your transitions. Let's flip that coin over just a bit. What are you most proud of that you did to help yourself when you were going through transition? And then let's really make this a a broad question. What are you most proud about in your career overall? Excellent question, Bob. Thank you. For my transition, I am most proud of overcoming my fear. And it was fear of rejection. It's fear of embarrassment fear of failure. And I just realized that I was holding myself back, all self-sabotage. And that if I didn't just rip off the band-aid or click send and go out and start my own thing, then what was I going to do? I wasn't stuck, but I was almost at the point of getting stuck. And I just, I had to unstick myself. And so I'm most proud of getting over that fear of whatever it was, whether it's rejection, embarrassment, failure, and realizing that I am going to face setbacks, but I'm also strong enough and brave enough that I can overcome those setbacks. 
And then most proud of in my career are the careers that I've helped along the way and the mentoring relationships that I've been a part of, whether they were formal or informal. I have a number of mentors that helped me along in my career, whether they gave me little nuggets of advice here and there, whether they were bosses that are inspirational and I wanted to emulate them. And then knowing I had the opportunity to pay it forward and mentor other people. And it's a lot of fun to look back and see the people that I've mentored and see where they are now. Uh, one's a director of human resources and one's a director of housekeeping. And then there are others along the way. So if anybody out there has an opportunity to mentor, I highly, highly recommend it. And if anybody is looking for mentorship, ask. Just raise your hand and ask. And I'm sure that there's somebody around you that will gladly mentor you. And a recruiter once told me that change management and all of the kind of steps that are a part of effective change management or poor change management plays a part with a candidate as they're going through their job search. What do you think that they were talking about? Wow. Thinking about job search in terms of change management, there's a lot of change. And the change management comes with attitudes towards change and communications around change that anybody who's currently in a job and they're looking for a job, it's a process that they need to manage. They have all the communications around their resume. If they're working with a recruiter, they have those communications. And then for other people in transition, whether they've been laid off or jumping into the job search, that's a lot of change because you're working through the layoff and all that entails and the emotions and the work around that into a new job search. And do you think it's better to be viewed by the recruiter or the hiring manager as a niche expert or as a generalist? Oh, I'm a generalist. So I'm going to go into the generalist court. It all depends on the role. There are those roles that do require the generalist aspect, such as human resources or bookkeeping, finance, accounting. And then there are those roles that are niche, whether it's engineer or call center. And I think that it depends on the role. And then everybody can spend their experience one way or another, right? But since I am a true generalist, then I'm full on. I think it's better to be a generalist. I'm biased, though. Keep that in mind. And how would you coach someone to manage their mental and physical health during the job search? And what are some of the steps that you'd recommend that they take? A job search is emotionally taxing. It can be, it's a roller coaster. You get the call for the interview and then you have the interview and then it's a waiting game and whether you get the job or you don't. So it's a roller coaster of emotions and keeping your mental and physical health is key. I recommend getting enough sleep, especially the night before the interview. I recommend eating well, but exercise. I've found that when I get tense and stressed, even if I just walk outside and take a walk around the block, it helps put me in the right frame of mind. Or going to the gym for a session helps keep me in the right frame of mind because the anxiety can build up, the cortisol and the stress can build up. And when you're going into the interview, you need to be in the right frame of mind. Coming out of an interview, you think it went well and you're on a high there. 
but then you get the call that you maybe didn't get the job. So it's an emotional roller coaster and you need to sleep, eat well, and at least take a walk around the block. Just get some fresh air to keep your mind in the right frame. And any books or other resources that you would recommend to our listeners who might be going through a transition? Bob, my favorite book right now is Think Again by Adam Grant. And it really speaks to thinking again, looking at things differently and putting a new perspective on situations, issues, your mindset to help you see different perspectives. And it doesn't speak necessarily to a job search, but to mindset. And then another book that I recommend in terms of all of that is Grit by Angela Duckworth. And her book talks about perseverance because a job search can be daunting. It can be long. And having that grit and that perseverance to help push you through to the end till you get that job, it's a worthwhile read. And if our listeners remember only three things from our conversation today, what are those three things that you want them to take away? My three things that I hope that listeners take away is be prepared, research, 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 and go into that interview knowing your resume backwards and forwards, knowing the organization. Hopefully you've been able to reach out to individuals that work there to get some of their insight, but be prepared for the interview. The second one is be yourself because during an interview, it can be nerve wracking. So try to go in with a calm frame of mind and be yourself because once you get that job and you haven't been yourself throughout the interview process, then the real you will have to show up to work. So during the interview, be yourself. And then the third is get a mentor, find a mentor and ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions because it's the one question that you don't ask will be the one that could be the secret key to everything. So don't be afraid to ask questions, find a mentor to help you through the process. And when we first met, I knew that I could count on you being yourself and providing the kind of coaching and guidance for people who might be going through their own transition. I want to thank you for the tips and techniques you shared and for your time today. Thank you, Anne. Bob, I can't thank you enough for your time. I really enjoyed being here, speaking to your listeners, and good luck on your job search, everyone. The right job is out there for you. Thank you for listening. We're working in unprecedented times. The purpose of these episodes is to give you the support and critical tools to adjust with the changing marketplace. I'll continue to introduce you to guests who have successfully survived their own obstacle course and can share useful information. If today's message was helpful to you, please share it on your social media. Your review and rating helps get this to more people. Also, if you have questions or podcast ideas for future conversations, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Change is constant. The more prepared you are for it, the better and easier the change will occur. Thank you again. This is your host, Bob Gerst. See you at our next episode.